0: All right, so our series for Advent 2020 has been called uh, Songs for a Weary World. Like I said, we're looking at these four original Christmas songs that are in Luke's Gospel. We have Mary's song, maybe the most well-known. It's called the Magnificat. Zachariah's song, he was the father of John the Baptist, called the Benedictus. The Angel's song, which was sung on Christmas Eve, the birth of Jesus. So we're going to save that for our Christmas Eve service. Today, we'll look at the song of a man named Simeon, which maybe you've never heard of him before. He's probably the least known person to sing here in the Gospel of Luke, and his song is the least known of these four songs. But I think that this song, the song we just heard Simeon sing out, is the song that we most need to hear. It's for people who are weary of waiting and who are looking For something to look forward to. That describes me. (laughs) How many of us are looking for something to look forward to? After the year we had, I think, that describes all of us. I realize this really is the perfect song, the perfect passage to end 2020, to end the year. And this is my last full sermon of the year. I'll give a short message for our Christmas Eve live stream service or recorded service. And... We have a guest preacher after that. So this is my last word for you, for our church family, for 2020. Can we look forward to 2021? Can we look beyond that after a year like we all had in 2020? With all that's happened, with all that's been revealed about us and the world that we live in, all we still have to face, all that's still uncertain, can we look forward to it? We've been getting a lot of Christmas cards, which has been fun, probably even more than ever because we haven't been able to see many of you. So we get the Christmas card. We see what uh, people look like, kids who are growing, and many of the Christmas cards, almost all of them have this kind of message where it says, Goodbye 2020, leave us forever good riddance, and let's move on to a new year. And I totally resonate with that, but at the same time, it makes me think, just because there's a little click in the calendar from a 20 to a 21, does that mean all of a sudden that we can have hope, we can have anticipation and start to look ahead again? It's not automatic, right? That's where this song comes in. I'm, I'm calling this song uh, Simeon and Anna's song because Simeon was the one who sang it, but Luke made sure he told us about Anna, this woman who heard it and her response to it. Luke tells us what they both share in common. So if you have your Bible uh, or the passage, I want to show this to you. He says, they were both looking forward. It says, Simeon was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. Verse 25. It says, Anna responded to the song by speaking about Jesus to all who, like her, were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Both were looking forward. And they said, all we have been looking forward to is somehow met and God has somehow spoken to all that we're looking forward to in this baby. So baby who is 30 or 40 days old in Jesus. The heart of this passage is this. If what Christianity says about Christmas is true, if God has really entered into our world in the person of Jesus Christ as a human being, then no matter what, we can look forward with confidence and hope. what is to come in any circumstance no matter what kind of year we've had in 2020 looking ahead to 2021 and i don't say that lightly at all because i know for many of you 2020 has been the hardest year of your life let's see what is here for us in this passage the first thing i want to look at is this passage speaks to us in how we can look forward through the disappointments of life, and there have been many this year for all of us. This song, the story of the people behind this song, it shows us why it's so hard to keep looking forward in life. Now, you might find yourself hearing this message and saying, I'm not even ready for this. I'm not ready to look forward yet. 2020 is too hard. Let's just get through it before we talk about looking forward. I just want to survive it. And you feel a bit jaded and maybe hardened by it all. And a part of me Is there with you in that. It's hard to look forward. We just want to survive. And I want you to know this passage doesn't offer us some kind of naive, look on the bright side, kind of message for life. Something much deeper and profound than that. In fact, by highlighting these two people, no one would have ever known about Simeon and Anna. God is acknowledging just how hard it is and how it can be for us to keep looking forward. This key word in the passage looking forward is an important word. Some translations, you might have another translation up, use the word waiting for. They were waiting for consolation and redemption. But I think this translation, the uh, the CSB, it captures the the meaning of this important word. Because looking forward is not passive, like I'm just waiting and waiting to see what will happen. The word here in the Greek comes from two words put together, forward and receiving. It's like receiving forward what is in the future, receiving it into my life and into my thinking right now and through the present. When we say to people, and I say this all the time when we're setting up appointments, hey, I'm looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to it. We don't mean, oh, maybe, maybe or maybe not, this will happen, we'll see if it even takes place. No, we say it's on the calendar, I've written it down. I'm thinking and I'm planning and I'm living in anticipation and eagerness of the time when we get together. Looking forward here in this text means God has something on the calendar. God has scheduled it. And that is the reason we can look forward. You know, let me unpack this. When we are younger in life, um, not always, but usually it's easier for us to look forward. Uh, We look forward to the next thing, right? Middle school, if we're young. High school, after that looking forward to college, I'm looking forward to getting a job, I'm looking forward to my career, I'm looking forward maybe to finding that special someone, getting married, I'm looking forward to starting a family and getting a house, and it goes on like that. But the older you get in life, it's a little bit harder to keep looking forward. The disappointment of things not working out the way that you hoped they would, and the disappointment of getting the things you so look forward to and yet they're not quite as great as you hoped they would be. It's harder to look forward the longer that you've lived life. The more you look forward to something and it doesn't happen, you're disappointed, that hurts. We struggle to look forward. The more that we look forward and eagerly anticipate something and it doesn't live all up to the hype, that hurts too. So we can be cynical, we can be jaded, in our disappointment. One of the shows we've been watching, tis the time for TV shows and movies, right? We've watched them all, um, but in our family has been The Right Stuff. Uh, it's a movie about the race to space between the United States and uh, the Soviet Union. And at the heart of the story is this relationship and comp- between Alan Shepard and John Glenn. They both want to be the first guy up there. And so John Glenn didn't get it. It went to Alan Shepard. So John Glenn was very disappointed, and he comes to um, Alan Shepard right after it all happened, and he says, Al, you must be you, know, you must be thrilled. You were the first American up in space. You're satisfied now, right? And Alan Shepard says, no, John, I'm not. And he's like, what are you talking about? How can it be? I'm disappointed because I didn't get up there, but you did. And Alan Shepard says... When John says, What are you looking forward to then? He says, I'm just looking for the next thing. Just the next thing. If being up in space, that accomplishment, the first American didn't meet his expectation. He's like, I'm just, it wasn't enough. I need the next thing. This happens to all of us. Looking forward hurts. We become jaded, cynical, and so we lower our expectations. Simeon and Anna. They're both older people. Here they're at the end of their lives. We can tell they've both been through a lot, but do you see it? Neither of them are jaded, cynical, or hardened. Now, we don't have a lot of Simeon's life, the details of his life, but we're told about his character, righteous and devout. The Holy Spirit was on him. And based on what it says in verse 29, he says, I'm ready now to be dismissed. He says, basically, I'm ready to die. Most scholars agree that means he's old. He's advanced in years. And what is he looking forward to? How does, how does it say it? Israel's consolation. I think that's significant. It's not Israel's triumph, Israel's vindication, Israel's glory and victory. Those are the hopes of the young. He says, consolation. I think tells us he lived through a lot of disappointment. What he's most looking forward to is comfort and consolation from God. And that is the hope, the great hope of those who have suffered and been through disappointment. What are we told about Anna? Actually, a little bit more than Simeon. She was a prophetess, a spokeswoman for God of the tribe of Asher. You know, it says, What does that mean? Tribe of Asher? You're like, what is that? Who's Asher? Is that one of Santa's reindeer? Is it Comet, Vixen, Blitzen, and Asher? No, it's not. It's one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this tribe, Asher, is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. Why this detail here? Well, this tribe was considered a lost tribe, a forgotten tribe. They had been devastated, almost completely wiped out 700 years ago with the Assyrian invasion. That was her history. She was old. She was a widow, Luke says, for 84 years. And it's a little bit difficult to determine exactly how old Luke is saying she is. Uh, Maybe it's 84 plus 7 plus however old she was when she was married. That's over 100 years old. Or maybe she is around 84 years. Either way, she's lived many years. And widows in this time were forgotten. They were overlooked. But she had this ministry of prayer and fasting in the temple. So here she is, maybe 100 years old, of the tribe of Asher, a widow. Both Simeon and Anna are still looking forward after waiting so long, after going through so much. God meets them both. Here's what stands out to me as I read this passage, is how God orchestrated all of this. You see how God's hand is orchestrating all these events for this moment for them, for Simeon. And for Anna, the coming of Jesus and his parents to Jerusalem on this day. Simeon, being guided by the Holy Spirit, verse 27, to enter the temple just at the moment Jesus was being dedicated to the Lord. Anna, it says, being there at the very hour, verse 38, the exact moment that Simeon encountered Jesus and broke out in his song. None of this was an accident. All of this, God had planned in his gracious care for these two people. You know, no one would have ever known about this moment unless Luke had found out about this, likely from Mary herself. These two faithful people, at the end of their years, you could argue, if you just cut this story out of the story of the the gospel, nothing really would be missing, but God puts them here in the story as the two people to announce the coming of Jesus to the world. Their prayer, their fasting, their devotion was not in vain. And he made sure they saw and heard what they needed to know. God will keep his appointments. God will keep his promises. And we're meant to see here that God knows how hard it is for us to keep looking forward when we're weary, when we've been waiting, when we've had disappointments. We wonder, has God forgotten? Can I still keep hoping And how easy it is for us to become hardened and cynical and jaded? And God here is not glossing over any of that and how hard it is in our disappointment. But he's showing us here, here's the first point, friends, that disappointment does not have to harden us or make us cynical or jaded. Doesn't mean we have to lower our expectations, but instead it can heighten and sharpen them. So we learn to look forward to what God promises and God will meet us in that so we can look forward even through our disappointments. That's the first point here. The second, you know, it can be really hard to keep looking forward through our disappointments, but it's necessary. In the Bible, looking forward with hope, being a person of hope, looking forward with confidence to the future, is a necessary part of becoming a person of character, of becoming a person who grows. You can't grow without this. That's what we see here with Simeon and Anna. To be close to God, to be used by God, to recognize God at work when he is working, you have to have this looking forward hope in you. It's not optional. You have to have it. Here, Simeon was righteous and devout, and he was looking forward, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Anna in the temple every day, fasting and praying. She had this vibrant spiritual life. How did they do it? Well, the key part of it, it says, is they were looking forward people. Their maturity is connected and tied and wrapped up in their looking forward. Now, I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in many of your lives, in many people's lives, being a pastor. People burn out on spiritual activity. Many of you are there now. You burn out on prayer. You don't feel anything. Nothing's there. You burn out on worship. Even before COVID and during COVID, online worship, outdoor worship. It's just so hard. I can't do it, we say. Fasting. You say, no, no, thank you. I I don't know if I'm going to do that fasting thing. Maybe I tried that once or twice. Serving. We can get so burnt out in giving and giving. Living a moral life. Living a righteous life. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's worth it. We burn out. But for these two people, Simeon and Anna, you get the sense here. It's undeniable that this was real. This was living. This was alive. This wasn't something that they just were going through the motions in. They're not bitter. They're not angry, but they're hopeful. How? It's the looking forward. Now, these past nine months, you know, many of us have been saying, here's my approach. And if we are asked for advice, we say, here's my advice. Just take it day by day. Don't look for it too far. And sometimes that's all we can do. Sometimes that's all we should do. Jesus says tomorrow has enough worry of its own in the Sermon on the Mount. But this song and many other places in the Bible ask us to do something that's really necessary for us but very unnatural and uncomfortable for us, especially in our culture. And that is to keep looking forward. To look forward all the way in our lives to the end of our lives. And from there, we look forward at the rest of life. So this passage calls us to look forward from our death, from the end of our lives. That's how we're meant to apply Simeon's song. And that's uncomfortable. We, I don't want to think about that. But he says in verse 29, Master, now you can dismiss your servant to depart in peace. This song has been known uh, throughout the history of the church as the nunc dimittis. That's the Latin translation of the first two words, where Simeon is saying, now I can be dismissed. I can go in peace. I'm ready to die. And the song is meant to force us to ask, can I say this? What would it take for me to be able to say what Simeon says? And the Bible is always pressing us toward this. Our lives here will come to an end not meant to be a morbid thing where we're just like okay I'm just waiting to die it's meant to be one of the main ways where we learn how to really live and look forward in this life without being jaded and losing hope this week if you followed along with our cbr reading we read ecclesiastes 3 psalm 103 was our psalm of yesterday and of the week psalm 103 says god knows what we are made of he remembers we're dust As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field, and when the wind passes over it, vanishes, and its place is no longer known. Ecclesiastes 3 says this The fate of the children of Adam and the fate of animals are all the same, all going to the same place, all come from dust, and all return to dust. And the writer of Ecclesiastes says, I've seen there's nothing better than for a person. To than to enjoy his activities because that is his reward. But he says in that same chapter, but God has set eternity in our hearts. And this is a part of what it means to be a human being, a part of the great tension. We long to look forward to more, to a hope that's beyond this life, but we also know that we are just dust and grass. The Bible moves us into this tension to give us clarity about life. It so look at the end of life, dust and grass, to get clarity on the rest of your life here. Um, this illustration came to mind as I was thinking about it. I almost brought one with me, but I think you've all seen one. Death is like the great strainer, like a pasta strainer we use to strain food. Thinking about our death is like a strainer. Whatever does not pass through the strainer is left right there in it. Everything else, you know, passes through. All the water and the little, the little things that go through the holes. Thinking about our death, our life from the perspective of our death is meant to be like that. There are things that death will take that we can't take with us. Things that we can't hold on to. So Simeon's song asks us to think about that strainer. What would we fill in the blanks with? If I could just get blank, if this could just happen, I would die a happy man. I would die a happy woman in peace. I think we're meant to see that Simeon is is really like the first Christian. Outside of the womb, he is the one to believe in Jesus first. Somehow it came together. God revealed it to him. This child was the light of Isaiah's prophecies. This was the one that would bring all that God promised, that would bring God's appointment, his schedule, the date on his calendar forward. This consolation that he was looking for had come. In this baby, there's comfort and consolation that enables me even to look at death, not as the end, but as a dismissal from this life. And I can look forward to the other side of death with hope because of this child one of the main teachings of Christianity. When you've come to the place when you can die in peace, only then can you really live in peace. And you can live with a peace that's invincible, that no disappointment in life can take away, that nothing in this life can take it. You know, Simeon describes his experience in a language that I think is really important for us to drive this home. He calls God master. He calls himself servant. To be a Christian in the Christian life is to be a servant to our master. Simeon says, when my service to him here is done, my death is the dismissal of my imperfect service now in this life to my perfect and eternal service to him forever. The worst that can happen now is my dismissal from service here to my eternal service in worship, no matter what happens, I can live that out, I can live out my identity as a servant. In many prayer traditions, this prayer, the Nunc Dementis, Simeon's song, is used for the nightly prayer. It's called the comp line, if you've ever heard of that. Every day, right before bed, this is a good song, a good prayer to pray. As each day ends and as each new day begins, it's like a mini-death and a mini-resurrection. To let go of what was and to look forward to hope with what will be. Simeon's song tells us we can look forward to life from the place of our death because of this baby. Now let's press into that final point. We look forward by looking to Jesus. Now, if you've been with us, if you've heard my sermons, you might say, well, that's always the third point. Look to Jesus. And that's true to some extent, but let me show you how it's here in this text. There's a place for looking to the future, forecasting and figuring out what will happen, being prepared with details for what lies ahead, even though the future is unknown and fragile. Yeah, but there's no way we've learned in 2020 anybody could have planned for this year. Here we are. <laughs> we've gone through it. We're looking forward in life, looking forward from 2020 with hope, with confidence. I think we've learned doesn't come by looking forward to specific outcomes for 2021 and beyond. That's all so uncertain. It's so, so fragile. But this text says we can still look forward with hope. If we look to Jesus, Christianity does not say you can look forward with hope and confidence because if you have faith, everything will turn out great how you hope. You won't suffer or you won't be disappointed. No. Christianity does not say if you are righteous and good enough, like these two people, and pray and fast enough, your life will turn out the way you want according to your plans. Well, that didn't happen for Simeon or Anna. Yet both of them are here saying, I have something to say to you who want to look forward. People who want to look forward to what lies ahead with hope and confidence, they both are saying, I have it. And here's how you can have it too. Notice they weren't looking to their future. They were both looking for the Messiah. And when he had come, they said, This is the one. They were looking to this baby. They said, If I look to him, that's all I need. God had told Simeon, You won't die. He had revealed to him until. You see the Lord's Messiah. And look at the way this happens. So there's this presentation. It was a pretty formal uh, ceremony and tradition. They bring Jesus into the temple. And we're actually not told who Simeon, like, was he an official priest? Likely, but we're not told. And so Mary and Joseph are presenting their baby to the Lord. Here's Jesus dedicating him. And Simeon just comes in out of nowhere and it says he took the baby. And they're like, what is happening? <laughs> Why are you just stealing my child? He takes the baby and he holds him up and he sings this song. It's a little bit comical and a little bit like, what is happening there? But Simeon said, "If I, I've seen the one I've been looking forward to my entire life. I am going to take him, hold him up, and tell you, my eyes have seen your salvation. Think about that for a moment. It struck me. I said, wouldn't I expect him to say, my eyes have seen my salvation? But he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. I think that's at the heart of this passage. Before he even looks at, this is what my salvation will be. This is what I'm going to get out of the fact that this child has come. Before there's anything he says that I need to do. Before there's anything that I get, I'm going to just look at the salvation that has come through what God has done and will do in the person of Jesus. This is the key to looking forward according to Christianity. We don't look forward first to the outcome we're hoping for. We don't look forward to a certain set of circumstances. We look to Jesus You know, after this beautiful song, Simeon, he gives this very kind of dark and foreboding prophecy, and you're like, well, thank that was a good moment. <laughs> he just sang a wonderful song. What is, the, what is the deal with this dark prophecy where he says this child will be a sign. Many will oppose. He will cause many to rise and fall. He will pierce your heart, your soul, Mary, and he will reveal the thoughts of many people. Simeon is saying, if you look to Jesus, in order to get to the hope, first have to look to Jesus as the one who brings hope through suffering. You first have to look to Jesus and let him reveal what is in your hearts. What is it that you're hoping for? What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you think will get that for you? The message of the gospel is nothing we do. Nothing we do can guarantee the future that we want. But what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus will do will bring us the future we could never have imagined. And there is a stumbling in that because we release it all to him. What they were looking forward to had already come they realized, but was not yet fully accomplished. Yet when they both looked at Jesus, they said, it's as good as done. If he has come here in the person of Jesus, then the finish line, the fullness, was as good as here, as good as done. And this is the message of Advent. In Jesus, the salvation of God has come. And yet we still await for its completion. But if Christmas is true, then our consolation and redemption is as good as as done. They said, if I see, if I'm seeing correctly, this is Jesus the Messiah. It's not just the start of what Jesus would do here, just the baby. He was already the guarantee of everything that Jesus would bring the full consolation and the redemption of all who trust in him. You know, by taking on our full humanity, God taking on our full humanity, that's the guarantee. From the very beginning, he's not going to leave humanity in death and darkness and sin. He is joined to us. This is the crazy mystery of Christmas and the incarnation. We can barely fathom it, but it is our hope for looking forward. God is bound himself to the human race. He is one of us. And the way that Jesus' life, death, and future become our life, our death, and our future, is simply by trusting him, looking to him in faith. Let me just wrap it up by saying this. This It's a great quote from a commentator on this passage, J.C. Ryle. He talks about Simeon and Anna. He says, If they, with so few helps and many discouragements, live such a life of faith, how much more ought we, with the full Bible and a full gospel, let us strive like them to walk by faith and look forward two things friends that you can look forward to in 2020 that god will meet you in seeing jesus and helping others see jesus seeing jesus more clearly more fully seeing him better and helping others see him more clearly and more truly then we can say master If you give me that, I can live a life of peace now and come what may in 2021 and forward. Let's ask God to do that in our hearts. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for these two people that you have shown us in your word, Simeon and Anna. Their hope, their lives, and their disappointments. As we've been through this year, you know exactly the disappointments each of us is bearing and carrying here. And you know how bad it's hurt. You know how hard it is maybe for us to look forward. And so I pray that you would meet us through your word here. I pray you would meet us through the rest of this season as we so long to have something to look forward to. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that when we're weary, when we feel like we can no longer keep running with endurance, that instead of looking to certain things that we hope happen or afraid that might happen in the future, that we would look to Jesus and you would set our hearts at rest in peace. We ask it in his name. Amen.